Hello and welcome back to another episode of MCU Need to Know, a podcast dedicated to the Marvel Cinematic Universe and everything you need to know. I'm Trey. All right. I just got back from seeing Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, and as I said last week, I'm going to be keeping this one brief just because of the limited time frame I have, uh, so let's just go ahead and jump straight into my pre-spoiler thought. Uh, I actually just wrote this in the Discord, uh, fresh from the theaters, which uh, I'm excited about. So. I loved it so much. Uh, this movie is truly a beautiful tribute to Chadwick Boseman. Uh, that is something that I think was evident once they started releasing trailers, that that was something that was at the the front of this movie's intentions. Thought they did that wonderfully. Uh, the thing that I think hit me the hardest is that this movie is also such a wonderful exploration of the silent anger in grief until it's not silent anymore. And... That's something that feels obvious in hindsight, but now having seen the movie, it is very angry in the way that it is grieving at such a tragedy. And I think, again, tying into the first thought, it is handled very respectfully and very relatably. And even with those heavy themes still at the top of the movie's agenda, it still managed to have so much fun and live up to that comic booky nature that we love with these MCU movies. It, it is such a perfect blend of what I think is the definition of a Marvel Cinematic Universe movie. And it's so funny to me that going into this year, when we had our predictions episode, I was very worried about this one. And yet, this is the one that I think is head and shoulders above all of the other movies we've gotten this year. So, I'll leave my pre-spoiler thoughts there. Uh, and I guess I'll go ahead and set the tempo for what we're doing here. Again, it is a very quick episode. I learned how I want to do this whenever I'm jumping on an episode before I get to talk about it with Jude. I'm just going to hit a couple quick things that I liked about it. And then whenever Jude and I do get to reconvene after he has seen the movie, I'll wait for a further, deeper exploration. So yeah, I'm going to keep that brief, and we're going to jump straight into the spoiler zone. So it'll be fair game for all spoilers in the MCU. We'll see you on the other side. And we're back. Okay, so like I said, rapid fire, things I loved about this movie. The tribute to Chadwick Boseman. Uh, this movie opens up with the standard Marvel Studios fanfare that we've all come to know, but it also reuses, I believe, the same clips of Chadwick Boseman from various other Black Panther appearances that we saw after his passing on Disney+. Plus. It's done here, but I think it hit even harder because this movie takes time to actually stay silent through that with just the rustling of the wind. And it is a beautiful moment of silence. Um, I mean, it, it the movie cold opens on Shuri desperately trying to rescue uh, in-universe T'Challa as he is failing from a mysterious sickness. Uh, so they waste no time catching up the uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe reality to the unfortunate real-world reality of ours. Um, and there's just various little ways that they continue to honor his presence. Uh, I think the big one you saw in the trailer where we have the mural uh, at again... Again, at the end, there is a moment where we see Shuri finally, after going through her character's journey, sitting on a beach, just grieving. And it is, I think, truly Letitia Wright's grieving and not just the character as well. And the movie really inserts some 
monumental moments with Chadwick Boseman to hammer it home. So that uh, that's really heavy, um, and it it uh, it brought me to tears. Uh, I actually went to see this movie with my parents and I was holding it together pretty well until I looked over and my mom was crying and then that just opened up the floodgates for me. Um, it's hard. It's it's really hard what this movie had to do. And I think given the circumstances, it did handle it well. Now, uh, I'll go ahead and throw this in here uh, with this first point. The first or the only post credit scene is the revelation that T'Challa and Nakia did have a son, Prince T'Challa. That was just another one of those hard-hitting moments of, like, beautiful tribute towards a person like Chadwick Boseman. So, yeah, that uh, that was one of the things. That's one of my things I wanted to talk about. Uh, the other one, mentioned in the pre-spoiler thought, the exploration of anger and grief. Uh, whenever Jude and I first did the episode with uh, the announcement that Chadwick Boseman had passed away, um... I found it hard to actually, if I remember correctly, Jude was the one who had to open that episode because I just couldn't put into words exactly how I was feeling. Because the reality is I've never met Chadwick Boseman, um, but the loss of life is always still sad. But I think what didn't hit me until seeing it in the context of a movie, which is where I find myself really relating through, you know, with pop culture reference or whatever, it, it just, it finally clicked how relatable that feeling is of just pure anger whenever you lose someone close to you and we all know it's inevitable and whenever it is sudden and tragic like that it just hurts even more so focusing a lot of shuri's journey on that inability to move forward especially in a show like this where the whole basis of the wakanda nature is death not being the end and going on to the ancestral plane what happens when someone like shuri rejects that notion and it is such a smart move to pair that skepticism of a in-universe character with the shock and re harsh reality of our world so um i thought that was done really well and the the pairing of that with Namor's journey as well and what we learned about him and having lost his mother and going back to the promise that he made of burying her and their home site and finding the people that were enslaved and holding on to that vengeance throughout his entire life literally the name Namor being without love like I think that that's what I was talking about in the discord where I was I wish I had this movie on video on demand so I could just go scene by scene and really dive into it because there's a lot of wonderful thematic exploration that this movie's doing and uh, one viewing is not going to do it. So I, I can't wait to finally get a chance to do that. And I'm hoping I'll get a couple more viewings in before Jude and I get to uh, hop on the mic and do this episode together. Um, moving forward, though, uh, I my next point, I do want to talk about Namor. Oh my God. I, I was already really excited about this. Just having Tanakh Huerta on the horizon, knowing that he was casting in this and having very little words in the trailer, but just his presence alone being completely domineering from the screen. Oh man, he is such a wonderful inclusion to the Marvel cinematic universe. Uh, I'm so glad this movie did not kill him and he continues to remain within the universe and even sets up potential viewings 
or potential reuniting with the Wakandans in nefarious means that I'm so excited for. Uh, we always talk about how the MCU kills its villains and it needs to let a lot of them continue on. And this is a wonderful example of a villain I cannot wait to see again in the future. Um, and I love that part of the healing journey for Shuri involves going down to, oh, what would they call it? I want to get this right. I'm, I'm actually going to Google it now that I don't have to worry about uh, spoilers. Talokan, yes. I'm, I'm so glad that Shuri actually travels down to Talokan, gets to know uh, Namor and his people. And it is such a glimpse at what could be if these two could reconcile the vengeance that is deep within them. And at this point, I guess it's really just uh, Namor who is dealing with it until we later see what happens to Shuri and her mother. Um, but yeah, like I, I like that force them to meet together before we see them at imposing sides. Uh, brilliant, brilliantly written um, and offers so many great jumping off points once you really get into the later actions after these two have met face to face. So finally, the last thing I want to hit before hitting a few quick things and getting out of here tonight, uh, Shuri's journey as the Black Panther. I feel like it was quickly becoming one of the worst kept secrets of the this new movie that it would be Shuri to take up the mantle. Uh, actually, fun fact, while watching this movie, I, I'm the kind of person that will arrive at the theater 30 minutes beforehand and sit through those terrible pre-roll ads just because I don't like to be late. And because of that, I was in time to see a commercial for a Lego set, a Black Panther Wakanda Forever Lego set, which clearly shows Shuri as the Black Panther. Uh, so I kind of knew going in, uh, wasn't too upset about it. I kind of bought into that one on accident. Regardless, I don't think it matters knowing who is the Black Panther, but it is... I guess to walk through it, because I'm still kind of working through my feelings, like I'm less than an hour away from having finished this movie for the first time. Part of Shuri's journey is that she rejects the idea of the ancestral plane and there being this afterlife of guidance from people prior. And her mother, Queen Ramonda, tries to instill that in her. She rejects it. She finally is able to synthesize the heart-shaped herb, visits the ancestral plane, but is greeted by Killmonger. And that is such a system shock that not only do you find out, no, there is an afterlife, but your connection to the afterlife is through someone who is as brutal as Killmonger has to be such a shock to your belief system. And so that having him represent all that anger she had. I mean, she straight up quote is quoted wanting to let the world burn. If she thinks about how much she has lost with T'Challa like that, that is a heavy place to be. And then to be confronted with it by somebody who did what they did like Killmonger. Oh, again, I'm still walking through this. So this isn't clearly defined thoughts. And then again, to have the big moment whenever Shuri is facing off against Namor, and it is her mother, Queen Ramonda, who is able to deliver that, show them who you are, show them mercy, and let, and spare Namor, that was something in any other circumstance, if this wasn't obviously dealing with the passing of Chadwick Boseman, and this is the direction the movie would have gone with, you would have seen Boseman's character, Chachala there to offer that advice. And the way this movie gets around that, because of the, the obvious reason that it can't, 
is they have Shuri give the line, vengeance has consumed us enough, which is the exact line that T'Challa delivers in Captain America Civil War. Now, I've talked about it before. I'm more than willing to suspend disbelief. Or let me rephrase that. The level at which I'm able to suspend disbelief is proportional to the wonderful nature of thematic exploration. And sure, it doesn't make sense that Shuri would be able to know that line because she wasn't there when T'Challa spared Zemo. But us as the audience, hearing those words be delivered by somebody who is grappling with the loss of that person it hit really hard and i think it is one of those scenarios that only works in a film like this that is both dealing with an extent an established universe like the mcu and then dealing with what it had to in this that hit really hard um I don't know why that's something that is still standing out to me. I know it's something I'm definitely going to be ex- observing more in subsequent watches, but I, I wanted to, I cried. I didn't want to. I cried during that moment because I thought that was so good. <sighs> so yeah, like I said, brief episode, uh, kind of raw thoughts, still working through them. Uh, I am looking forward to discussing more of this with Jude whenever he does get to get around to seeing this. Uh, quick things to shout out before wrapping this episode up, uh, one devastated that Okoye was relieved of her duties as a door melage. I think I would be okay if I liked the new suit that she had. Uh, but I was with Okoye. I thought it looked horrible. And, uh, I don't know if, I, I don't know if that was necessarily an upgrade for her, but I am excited to see where she lands in the future. Uh, Riri Williams as Ironheart. What a wonderful get for the MCU. That actress, Dominique Thorne, has really embodied this character. Well, let me I should rephrase that because I'm I'm not familiar with Ironheart in the comics. Um, when I say embody, I, I just feel like it is in the same level as Haley Steinfeld and um Amon Villani and Yelena. Why can't I think of Yelena's name right now? Florence Pugh. Florence Pugh. Uh of stepping right into it and just running alongside the established names in the MCU. So good. And I love the tenacity that she brings to the screen. And I, I'm even more excited than I was for the iron heart, uh, TV show. See, this is the problem of, uh, the doing the quick react. I, I said, I was going to keep this short. And every time I start talking about more things, I just want to keep going off more and more. Um, what else? What, let me leave you with a couple more things. Oh, uh, finding out that Everett Ross and Contessa de Fontaine were married. That was completely out of left field and somehow really fits. Uh, glad to get a more clearer picture of who Contessa is. I feel like we've only gotten like one or two standalone scenes, but you see a lot more of her personality in this. Um, the Talokan people, the people in the Moors group. They are so menacing. And I was actually legitimately unnerved by a lot of their scenes on screen. Uh, this movie delves closer to horror than I was expecting it to. Not straight up because it is, it is still just an MCU movie. But man, what a... Uh, that siren song that they sing that hypnotizes people into jumping off. Oh, man. So good. All right. So I'm going to leave it there. Uh, we'll reconvene with this once we have Jude back on the podcast and I look forward to that. But if you have seen the movie, what did you like about it? 
I'd love to hear about it in our Discord or on our Twitter and Instagram at MC Need to Know. Uh, a lot of times, those conversations do influence whatever we talk about here. So if you let us know in the Discord, uh, we'll be sure to bring it up on the podcast next time. Uh, so like I said, no episode next week. I'm going to be taking a bit of a break, but the next time we are on the podcast feed, it will be for Guardians of the Galaxy, the holiday special. So look forward to that. So yeah, you can find all those links to the social media in the show notes. Uh, we have the Discord link there as well. Um, if you'd like to leave us a five-star rating on whatever podcast platform you're listening to, that would be greatly appreciated, as well as any written feedback for us to improve the show. And of course, as always, we'd like to thank Nick Sandy for the use of our theme song, which is his rendition of the Avengers theme. You can find more of his work on the SoundCloud, which is linked in the show notes as well. That's going to do it. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you all in a couple of weeks. Bye. We're going to jump straight into the spoiler zone. So it'll be fair game for all spoilers in the MCU. It'll be fair game for all spoilers in the MCU. Why am I whistling when I say S-s-s-? what's going on? So it'll be fair game for all spoil all spoilers in the Okay, last try. Here we go. It'll be fair game for all spoilers in the MCU. We'll see you on the other side. Hey, a couple of things. Uh first, uh you no longer have to sing the Google song. The Sokovia Accords have been repealed. Um episode sounded really good. There was one small editing hiccup. Um, I took a screenshot and it